Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Hello, my wonderful friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm going to keep this intro short because you are going to be listening to me for a lot on this month's reflection. But I do want to, one, acknowledge you for making it to December. Uh, It's been such a crazy year, and it's just I feel like it's still crazy and the noise is just so loud. And for you to be making the time for your emotional well-being, for yourself to really stay connected and grounded in your being and leaning on the podcast as a way to do that is just such a gift. And I'm just so grateful to be on this journey with you. This last month in November was just such a powerful month of really bringing together core concepts and lessons from the year, in fact. We're in December now, and I'm getting ready to do my yearly reflection, which takes lessons from the entire year. But, you know, I kind of cheated a little bit because November, you know, I have 11 months and I've been seeing patterns and themes and stuff show up. And one of the, the core concepts for this week's episode is really about the idea of our edges and really leaning into um, what we define as an edge in our lives to experience greater levels of fulfillment. And I just love the conversation. We went in so many directions. I brought in a lot of personal personal experiences and uh, and lessons and nuggets from the month. And it, this was actually one of my favorite monthly reflections to record. Like, I just really appreciated the reminders for myself as well. I always learn something new when I record the monthly reflections because writing them down on paper is one thing, but saying them out loud and hearing myself reiterate some of the concepts just reinforced them for me. So... I'm just really grateful that uh, we got to record this episode in this way for all of you. And I am just so excited to hear the feedback and for you to just continue going deeper on your journey. I'm just so grateful that you guys lean on me and the podcast to support your growth. And it means a lot. So enjoy it. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes or any of the podcast apps. Oh, that means that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox let me know what your edge is after you listen to the episode. I, I, I release a, or I talk about a few different exercises at the end for New Year's planning. And, and I'm going to be creating more resources in general for planning and stuff like that. But if you're getting ready to start reflecting on your year and you're getting ready for what you want to do in the new year, towards the end, I really start sharing some some tactical tips for how I would approach New Year's planning and goal setting and whatnot. So Anyways, I hope all of it's helpful. I I love you guys and thank you for being here. But without further ado, here is Georgina and myself. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing day so far. I am so grateful to have you back here again for another month. Hello, Georgina. 
Hello, Raj. Hello, everyone. Yeah, back again. Can't believe the month is over already. Here to reflect on November. Uh, let's, let's zoom this out a little further. I can't wait. The year is almost over. Yeah, you're right. That's. Crazy. I mean, like the month being over is one thing, but it's <laughs> it's a December, and I'm getting ready to do my yearly reflection, um, which is just nuts to me because I yeah. actually can distinctly remember myself doing my yearly reflection last year. It was the first thing that kicked off the monthly reflection episodes. That's right. We had that two-part series that we released last year. And yeah, it's uh it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing how much how much can happen in 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 such a short period of time. I mean, I think there's that quote by by Bill Gates. I think it's, you know, most people underestimate, overestimate what they can do in a month and underestimate what they can do in a year. And I, I really feel that right now because I think I definitely underestimated, mm-hmm. you know, the growth that can happen, which is consistency. Yeah. So I'm just really grateful that we get to dive into deep today. Yeah. And I guess that's the power of the reflection, right? When you can see where you started and then where you ended up, you really get a sense of that gap. And that feels amazing to see that, especially in the moment you might think, oh, I haven't gone that far. But when you see the the path behind you, it's like, wow, actually a lot shifted. Well, that's, uh, you know, Vishen Lakiani talks about this in his book. Um, what is this book? Uh, Code Over the Extraordinary Mind. It's one of the first books I read in personal development. I remember he talked about this idea of like bending time, which was consistently staying rooted in the gratitude for how far you've come while staying incredibly excited in where you get to go. And that's like the sweet spot. And so like, you can't actually truly be excited about where you're going if you can't actually also be grateful for how far you've come because where you get to next is technically going to be that thing you were working for today, you know? So like that's the cycle that allows creation and abundance and constant momentum to exist. It's that dance between yeah. the creation and the excitement with the groundedness of the gratitude and allowing those two poles to to magnetize each other and That's and beautiful. into into beautiful creation yeah mm-hmm. oh man well this month um i'm going to kick this off with an idea because i think that you know there's there's a lot of different directions i was really really thinking about like which direction do we want to go this month and you know cuz I, I had a lot of different lessons show up but when i zoom back out and i look at the common theme my relationship with my body has been one of the most interesting journeys I've been on. Back in middle school, I was actually really chubby and fat. Um, I, then I dedicated myself to sports and I became really skinny, but kind of lopsided because you know I played tennis. And so my uh-huh. right shoulder was bigger than my <laughs> left. And you know I got to college and I started working out. And then after that, I stopped working out. And it's just been a really interesting journey for me. And the more I've learned to connect with my emotions, the more sensitive I've gotten to energy and the more sensitive I've gotten to myself. And so you know, I started out the month with, I hired my my first personal trainer I've ever hired. Best time. Wow. Yeah. I've never worked with somebody before. Like I just, well, my body was never a focus. Like, like right. I think now it's, it's, I've created the intention to make it a focus in the last few months. Like it's truly wow. been at the forefront of, of where I want to go. And so I'm, I'm realizing for me, you know, when I feel good, I do more. I imagine lots of people can relate to yeah, that. Like when I feel good, I, I have more energy. I'm more excited. Like 
most of the time when I'm anxious and not like in that space, it's because I'm not actually taking care of my body and sweating and like, I'm not eating right. Like I'm not giving myself the right nutrition. I'm not taking walks. Like when I look back at like how I stay grounded and I really sit into it, like my body is actually at the, at the common denominator of a lot of my practices. And, and, you know, so I hired a trainer because to be fully frank with you, I don't actually like working out my legs. Like I, I despise working out my legs. Like I always have, it's, they're just, I do it because I have to, because I know how good it is for you, but I really don't like it. And I hate leg days. And so I hired this trainer purely because I needed accountability for legs. I needed accountability for legs. And so I start to go work with him and, you know, we, we get to working and the first day we're like, he's like teaching me all this, this technique and stuff. And right in the middle, he's like, dude, I cannot do anything with you until your legs loosen up. It's no wonder you actually don't like working out your legs because your legs are so tight. Were you aware of that, that they were so tight? I've always known that they were tight. Like I just don't stretch much. I don't do a lot of mobility. Like I don't really do any of that work. Like, yeah. And so like, yeah, I was really tight and it's from years of sitting and tight and like, and I remember us sitting down and for the whole hour, instead of working out, we did stretching exercises and it was getting me, I was just like, damn, like I'm, pay- like I'm paying this guy all this money just to stretch. <laughs> um, but when we sat down on my back and we were doing this hamstring exercise, like we did this stretch where we brought our legs up, pulled them over to the side and he did them with me to show me how they would be done. And when his legs came up, his legs went way farther back than mine, but he was still in pain. Right. Like I could hear his like, Oh, ow, that edge that he was the tension. And he looked over at me and he literally quoted, he's like, Hey dude, your edge is your edge. And only, you know, when you're at your edge. And I remember when he said that it like, it really set the tone for my whole month because for me, like that was such a, a powerful reminder. Like, you know, for others, it might be like getting out there and working out and doing a big, you know, heavy workout and committing to the discipline. That might be an edge because it's it's outside of your comfort zone, right? But for me, my my edge was actually slowing down and stretching for the entire month. Like I didn't really do many workouts. It was all stretching and mobility and using a foam roller, which just sucks. It hurts so bad. <laughs> like and like just all of it, like, ah, man, it was just, it was such an edge. And then, and I, and I think that, that idea of, of living at your edge, right. Has been, I think a consistent theme for me throughout the month, because I, I feel like I'm somebody who has been really seeking the edge and in different areas of my life, whether it's in my own personal journey of self-love or it's in my, like, I want in my relationships, I certainly feel like I live at the edge. Like I, I want to experience the, the deepest level of fulfillment and intimacy with my family, with my, with my, with my team, with my partner. I want that connection with them. And so I know I I'm constantly at an edge there, but, you know, really examining my edge with, with work and with impact and my relationship to the people in my life. And and now my relationship with my body, you know, I think the edge is something only, you know, like nobody else knows where your edge is, but you do. And I think that's been a really common theme for me this month of 
really grounding myself in my own energy and really connecting with the feeling of being at the edge and, and learning to be aware when I'm not, when I, and, and being okay with that too. Like, it's not like I have to live at my edge all the time. I don't want to be at that, that all the time. Like we're not designed to be living in that tension at all times. We have a sympathetic and a parasympathetic nervous system. And it's recognizing like, which direction can guide my desire for mastery? Is it slowing down or speeding up? Is it leading into the discomfort or is it experiencing safety fully? Where do I sit in the dance? And, and what, as the more I play that dance and, and the more I, I step into it, the, the more trust I build with my own ability to navigate my emotional state, to regulate my nervous system. Like there's a, there's a level of, of self-trust that I think can be built by really leaning into our edges and in all the areas of our lives. And I think that's been a really, really, really important theme for me this month. That's such a powerful analogy you've given there. I love this notion that at the edge, we find this, this element of tension, which is the growth opportunity inside of that. And I love how you've talked about how we've got to get that balance between not overstepping it too much and not stepping back too much because then we, we kind of lose that growth edge. But I'm curious to know what's the relationship between like growth, like sparking and activating growth and knowing when you've gone too far past that edge. What's the optimum zone to kind of play around inside? And how do you know that you're at that place? Well, you don't always know. You know, when I think of connection and groundedness, like that's where I think it's really important. Because to me, like when I take a deep breath and I really connect with the truth, which usually comes in after a meditation or something, I'm really sitting inside like, where do I need to go? What do I need to create? How do I need to act? Like, when I'm connecting deeply with that energy, I intuitively can sense into whether I need to do more or be more. Right. Whether I need to contract and expand or I need to uh, detract or contraction and expansion. They're kind of like, like the opposite. So do I need to expand or do I need to contract and go back into my, into my hole? And I think seasons play a big role in this, right? Like around this time of the year, I'm not really like pushing like i'm more contracting like even if you look at nature like you know animals go into hibernation around this time of the year we we follow these cycles in life like in summers when like you know there's longer hours and there's more time in the day for doing you know in the winter there's less hours and it's more like you, it gets darker sooner which technically means you go to sleep sooner like so even physiologically there are cycles of you know what our edge can be I think for me, my edge comes down to really being aware of the limitations that my mind places on my emotional states. Like fear for me is an edge, right. right? Like when I feel fear, it's leaning into that. Or when I feel tension, like I do with my stretching and it's this uncomfortable truth I don't want to unsee, I lean into it. Like recently, I just got literally actually a few days ago, I got my labs done. I got a very comprehensive panel done and I saw some news I'm really not happy about. Like I have to eliminate a certain set of foods from my diet for a considerable amount of time to really like cleanse my gut and really cleanse myself. And that sucks because, you know, I like dairy. I love ice cream. <laughs> it's actually like my stress food. Like when I'm stressed, I love eating ice cream. And like, and right now I have to put that on pause and that creates an edge. That creates a discomfort. That creates a a need for me to expand and find comfort in a new way, 
right? It's, it's requiring me to evolve my, my practices. Like what do I go to when I feel stressed? It, it, it requires me to evolve what I get to ask for in relationship. And so I think, you know, these are to, to me, you know, you know, you're at your edge when one, there's intentionality that's being brought in, right? So there's the intention of, you know, where am I going? There's growth. I think, I think, I think edges have growth, but growth to me is a self-defined concept, right? Because the hardest thing for you might not be the hardest thing for me. Or even if we're in the same area, like for, for example, like, let me, let me try and like scale this back. Entrepreneurship. I might talk to somebody about what I'm creating and what I'm doing. And someone else might be like, Raj, why are you even working more? Why are you even doing more? Why are you, why are you creating this project right now that that's taking up so much of your time? Like I'm working on a new project right now and it's, it's one of the most impactful projects I've ever worked on. It's just, it's one of those projects, but like, I don't have to be doing it, but I'm doing it. Why? It's because it's, it's my edge, right? But if you go to someone else and you try and explain something to somebody who doesn't get it, they're not going to get it. And they're going to compare your edge to their edge. And they're going to be, God, if I had what he has, I'd be really happy and I'd be content and I wouldn't want to get my edge anymore. Well, great. That doesn't mean you don't have a different edge. That doesn't mean that there isn't another edge in your life that you are pushing at. And looking towards. And does it mean that you actually exerting yourself fully in your career is not actually the same thing I'm doing? They're just different. Right. You know, we have this comparison society, which I think creates a lot of stress for people. I agree. Like we're, 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 we're constantly looking at each other. We're constantly like, just like we're constantly comparing our results, but we're not comparing our edges. Mm. So, how do you do that then? How do you kind of change that culture? Because I love what you said about your trainer, how you're both doing a, sim- you know, a similar exercise, but you both found the edge in a different place. So how do we kind of shift the culture so there's more maybe collaboration or yeah. comparison? Well, I think, you know, this is why I think this type of work, like doing the, the inner work with other people is, is a really powerful way to sort of find new edges. Like, in fact, the other day we had a, Gina and I had a friend over for dinner And, you know, this friend has been, he got out of a really, really, really tough breakup. And he was just talking about how he's going deep into his insecurities with his coach right now. And he's doing a lot of healing work and he's on this path of self-love and self-forgiveness. And we talked the entire dinner about that. We, we weren't talking about, Oh, like the, yes, we like the work stuff and like, but to him, like for him, like that's where he was so proud, like his edges. He's like, dude, I'm living at my edge right now. It's tough. The thing he was celebrating was like, you know, I finally forgave myself and realized that I had nothing to forgive myself for. I'm just sitting here in awe of this dude. Like I, I just like, wow, man, good for you. Like that's an edge. Am I there right now in relationship? No, but I can have a massive amount of appreciation for someone who is at that edge, who's just defining that edge for themselves and living there. And when you hear somebody who's living at their edge, like you can feel it. Like my dad right now, I'm so damn proud of him. Like he's at his edge. He's got this new job that's pushing his limits, you know, and he's stepping back into this level of sovereignty and really owning his power in his own way. That's an edge. Like I see Gina's relationship with her body. Like, you know, she's got different 
you know, things that she's working on with her body. She's got this, you know, her tension in her neck because of all the stress. Like she's going into it to look at that. Like that's an edge. I look at uh, two of my, my dearest friends and, 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 you know, mentors in relationship, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Stickler and Micah Hamilton, you know, two of the most loving, their relationship is an inspiration for me. Like they're like, they have a, like truly one of the most beautiful sacred unions on that I've ever witnessed. And Gina and I, we spend a lot of time with them because we're trying to learn from them. And like, I look at them and every time I meet them, they're, ex- they're exploring a different depth of love for themselves because that's their edge. I'm sharing all these examples. I look at my, one of my business right. partners, Patch, like Patch oh. is, you know, out there to build, build a billion dollar business. Like he wants that. That's his edge. I don't necessarily care about building a billion dollar business, but he does. And that's now forcing his edges to come out. The fears, the insecurities, like that's his edge. Does he have other edges? Maybe, I don't know. But I think there's so many examples of edges that we get to see and appreciate and admire and find in ourselves. And, and, and I think by expanding our definition of, of live, of, of mastery, like it's like you can approach mastery in health. You can approach mastery in the pursuit of wealth. You can approach mastery in the pursuit of relationship with yourself, with your intimate partner, with your family, with your tribe, your friends, your close you know, circles, and then your greater communities your, and the world at large. Like Those are all relationships that you get to examine. Where are you in your relationship to them and what is your edge? So you have health, wealth, impact, or, or relationships, and then impact. Like, What are you here to do? And that journey itself, the line of questioning there is an edge. It's an uncomfortable edge that you may not know all the answers to, mm-hmm. but they're all incredible edges. And I think, and, and that's really given me a compass in a lot of ways, like this month, like, you know, health might be my edge right now, but and like this month I, I got to meet an individual, like, you know, I've really been pushing my edges with energy work. Like I've been really wanting to expand my own ability to to master energy. And, and because if, if you even think about it, like, like, yeah, we, let's, let's talk about shamans and, you know, people out in the jungles, like, yes, they do work to move energy. There are healers that do work to move energy, but technically I'm an entrepreneur that moves energy in the form of money. That's so true. That's so true. Right. So like I move, I move money in the form of energy like it's actually moving from one place to another it's directing the flow of creation so i am absolutely so i'm realizing like for me my edge is actually learning how to wield energy in business and learning how to wield and master energy in myself and so what are the vehicles i can use to master that it's you know relationship and sacred union like the more i can learn to wield energy in lovemaking and wield energy in, in Tantra and, and breathing and really learning to connect deeply with Kundalini. And like, I, you know, I was talking to you earlier about this, but like, I went to a retreat this month where I got to meet my, the first Kundalini master, like elder I've ever met. This guy's been practicing Kundalini for 45 years. Wow. I mean, I've never met an elder before that's mastered. When I was in his presence, I didn't even want to speak. I just wanted to soak it in. And like, being able to sit with him and learn that stuff and, and then make the connection to how that like, but it's, it's my edge. That's my edge. If I went to somebody who was starting out in business and I came and said, Hey, you know, you got to lose energy in business. Like that's not where they're at for them. Probably having the courage to make that first cold call is the edge. 
probably having the courage to put $500 on their first order of product is an edge. Probably having the courage to put together a pitch deck and go raise money is an edge. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's this level of connection that can happen with our fellow man when we expand our definition of the edge beyond the tangible thing to the, it's like, where, where's my limit? Where's my, where am I hitting my walls? Where am I hitting my edges? Where feeling, right? Cause at the core of it, like that's what connects us all. It's the feeling of being at the edge. It's yep. that feeling like you take, you take a hundred human beings and you put them next to a cliff. They're all going to have similar feelings. And so when we can connect on that feeling, instead of the thing, the thing itself, it creates that level of intimacy that I think we're all secretly desiring. Oh. I just think there's so much potential for humanity when we can be in that, when we can be in that and we can acknowledge everyone's edge for where they're at and just love them for where they're at and accept them for where they're at and not expect people to come up to your edge. Like I made that mistake so much this year. Like I wanted other people, like I wanted my family. I wanted everybody to meet me where I'm at instead of me meeting them where they're at. And, and that was me not having an awareness of the different edges. That was me not having an awareness that everybody's on their own journey and everybody's on their own path and everybody's got their own tools that they were born with and everybody's, you know, figuring this thing in life out. And just because their edge is different from yours does not make them any less human or any less amazing. And just because they they are choosing not to be at their edge does not mean that they're not at their edge. No, because you just maybe can't see the edge. You just can't see the edge there, but they're struggling. They're at their, they're at an edge. Yeah. I guess we're all at an edge somewhere, aren't we? And and, and become people bringing our awareness to where that is sounds like it's really powerful. So I'd love to explore how, how do you become someone who's able to navigate the edge? Like what does it take to cultivate some sort of mastery with playing with the edge, finding the edge, dancing with the edge? I think there's a, a genuine curiosity mm-hmm. for like understanding your limits and, and, and understanding your potential. And I think there's a, a baseline overline belief that you are not your feelings. You are not your thoughts. You are not your circumstances. You are not a victim. And I think that's the, that's the way that you approach dancing with the edge, right? Otherwise you're just going to be like caged in by the edges. Being caged in by the edges and being in your comfort zone is one thing, right? Being aware that you have edges is another thing. And then learning to dance with your edges is the third. So I guess there's those pieces, right? So it's the the stages of awakening. I guess that's where we can really meet people where they're at. Like some people are just blissfully happy, not living at their edges. There's nothing wrong with that. And those aren't my people. Like I'm realizing like, like I, I, my tribe, my connection with people are people that are like truly living at their edge. Like I love that. I love being around people that are they're trying new things and working on themselves. And, you know, that's, 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 I just, I, I, I admire that. And so, you know, I, I seek community in that. Um, and, uh, and I, and I find that that awareness piece is massive because, you know, it takes honesty to know, like an honest, it takes honesty with yourself, which I think is a really brave thing to do. Yeah. Like you have to be honest with yourself that you're not, that you're suffering or that you're, that you need help or that 
it takes us an enormous level of courage to so how, so how do you guide yourself to that place where it's safe to be honest with yourself one it's it's recognizing that you admitting things about yourself does not make them true does that make them lasting forever like you can change people change all the time in fact i'm an example of it <laughs> sure like I, I am a conscious example of somebody who has changed my I, people in my life, everyone I know in my life that I admire, everybody, family members, people are growing and changing. Life is constantly growing. In fact, there's this myth that like you can just stay in the comfort zone forever. No, it just because the world is evolving. Well, yeah. So the external pressure. So it's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of like stagnant water, right? Like it's like yeah. water is. Fresh water is constantly moving things out. Like when water sits still for too long, it becomes dirty and stagnant and bugs and it it begins to accumulate in nature. If you go back to that, like if you look at nature, like bodies of water that are just stagnant, just accumulate or dry up when the sun comes out. To me, like the safest thing is to just continue recognizing that we are evolving. Like we are evolving species. We're getting older. Our bodies are going to start working more or less. In fact, my trainer, Luke, like he, he really shared, he was like, you know, he's 37, I'm 30. And he was like, Raj, I'm in the best shape of my life right now. But the one thing I cannot get back is my mobility. So you're either going to have to start now and do this now, or you're going to have to do it when you get hurt later. You choose. And when he said that to me, it just became very clear. It's like, yeah, sure. I can be aware of this edge and I can ignore it and I can just say, hey, yeah, I'll do it later. Or, or I can recognize the, you know, the upside, which is, hey, do I want to have a healthy body as I get older? Yeah. Do I want to be happier as I get older? Do I want to be more loving as I get older? Do I want to create more fulfillment as I get older? Like, or do I want to have to wait until in my 50s to realize all these lessons and then start doing the work then? You know, that's a question I ask myself. It's like, Cause you're not getting any younger. Like this is the youngest you will ever be like, and yep. we're, we don't want to admit this to ourselves. Like we have this insane fear of death. Like as a culture, we just fear death. We don't want to admit and acknowledge that, you know what? Like we are getting older. And for me, and this is, you know, we talked about this on the last episode with Gina, like she's really taught me so much about like, just even when you die, like you're going to be buried with your body. You know, if you believe that, like that's your, if that's your religious line of thinking, like, or however, you know, like it doesn't matter if you're going to be burned, like at the end of it, like you're in your body and you only get one. So, that, you know, that's really been inspiring me. I think that courage, right? It's like things are not going to get better by themselves. It's up to you to, to be aware of. And yes, the universe will help you. People can help, of course. I mean, I would not be where I am without, without mentors and people and guides and, 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 and family members and, you know, like just my, my family's played such a big role in my healing in my life. Like, I love my dad. I love my mom, my brother, like, like my relationships have played such a big role in my life. My business partners, Gina, my tribe, my community, like everybody's played such a massive role for my healing and my journey and my edges. Like you can't do this alone. And on the other end of that, there has to be a desire to, to want to be better and want to show up better and show up in, in a way that, that, and, and maybe, and that's a desire for yourself. Like, what do you want for yourself? Right? Like, I think a lot of people would rather be 
naive about the reality that they can change. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because our world is very externally driven. There's so much external information and it can be quite challenging sometimes to hear your own inner voice within that noise. And I think I love what you're saying here about the edges showing up to show you those opportunities where you can go deeper into yourself. You can find those ways where you can grow, maybe take back some power for yourself. Well, there's a lot of fear. I think a lot of people are afraid that what, like, so right now the edge is a nice confined little cage. It's keeping people trapped. I start to fuck with this wall. (laughs) Yeah. What's behind it? (laughs) What's going to flow in? Can I handle it? And those are very real questions, right? They're very real implications to having those hard conversations, you know, relationships can end, you know, careers can change very real implications. And that's why this is a self-defined edge. Your edge is your edge. I'm not saying and telling you, you have to blow past all your edges. I'm just saying, (laughs) recognize where your edges are and, and slowly, but surely start to create a relationship with your edges that can stop them from feeling like a cage. Because if you feel trapped, I want you to know that's a self-imposed cage. There's something that's stopping you from trusting your ability to navigate that edge. Oh, that's such a, okay. That's such an important thing you just said then. So this notion that our mindset or our kind of relationship with the edge, we can choose, it can be a cage or, or how, what do the edges look like for you? Like you, what, if it's not a cage for you, how do you perceive that place of expansion or growth? Well, it's to me, it's, it's the dojo, right? The edges are where I play in the dojo. Like, and I have different dojos that I play in, right? To me, work is a dojo relationship. Intimacy with Gina is a dojo. My inner work with my coaches are dojos. The gym is a dojo. Like there's a lot of dojos out there, right? Like you don't have to jump into the deep end of the pool You can kind of just put your toe in the water and read a book and become more aware of like, I remember I didn't leave my full-time job after I, you know, I read the four hour work week in November of 2014. I didn't actually leave my full-time job until June of 2017. I remember. (laughs) Right. So that's two and a half years. That's two and a half years of me being in the dojo of testing things and trying things and tweaking things out. And I was still at my edge. I was playing. I was doing stuff that was hard. Yeah. But I didn't do the hard thing, which was leave this comfort of a secure six-figure job that was paying me really well. I didn't leave that overnight. So you know, that's where I think there's just this big opportunity. It's like, okay, maybe your edge in relationship, you want to have a deeper relationship and you don't have a partner right now that's really committed to that with you. Well, maybe start reading a book. Maybe start finding ways to create more. Like, Can you show up in a different way that can allow deeper levels of intimacy to exist? Can you do something in your power? Can you live at your edge, regardless of what's outside of you and push that edge and really say, you know what? I put in everything I've got. Like I have thrown everything in the sink and the bathtub at this. And then from there, you can make a decision. You know what? I feel really confident because I've danced at my edge for so long. Maybe I need to have this hard conversation. Okay. That's, that's, such good, that's such a good insight there that we can, we don't have to jump off the cliff when we don't want to. It can be a gradual step out. And there's always something I, I love this piece you're saying about there's always something we can do. It doesn't, it doesn't depend on someone else necessarily, although sometimes we think it might, for example, in a relationship. But I love this piece about how 
if we do our own work, that then changes the environment anyway, which can create a change regardless. And then we get to respond to that. We don't have to wait for someone else before we can work on that edge. This is really a you and you thing. You and you. Mm -hmm. This is not a, this is really not about anything or anyone or any, any, anything outside of you. This is about your relationship with your edges and everything in your life is a mirror. Right. Mm-hmm. So your relationship with your career and work, there's an edge there. Your relationship is with the edge. That's it. That's all you can control. You can control your effort. You can control your mindset. You can control your emotional state. You can control how prepared you are. You can control the choices you make. You can do a lot of things. You cannot control the outcome. You can influence the outcome. You can learn to navigate a set of outcomes. You can dance. That's why it's a dance. It's not a target shot. But in your edges, when you're dancing with that, there is more targeted. Like if I want to get to an end, like I remember after I got out of my relation, my, my breakup last year, like I went deep into working on myself. Like I was going deep into masculinity. Like I knew I needed to get help there and like really exploring the edges of what healthy masculinity is and what grounded masculine leadership is. Like I had to go into that. That allowed me to pinpoint, okay, like my edges here, like where are the aspects of my life that I'm not showing up fully? Is there a framework for masculinity that I can follow potentially? Are there books I can read that can give me context to me finding things that I get to work on? And me realizing things about myself that I can go and address or resolve or take into a coaching session. That is much more targeted. But can I control how a woman receives me? No. I can show up as myself. Yeah, sure. I could say the right things. I can say the wrong things. But, you know, relationship is, is an ever evolving. It's very fluid, right? Like. You know, in, in, in relation to the masculine, the feminine is a, is, is a very fluid dance. It's a very like, it's a moment to moment experience. There's an element of me. I, I can't control the outcome. I cannot control. In fact, even with, 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 with Gina, like I can't control what's going to happen tomorrow. All I can ch- do is choose her today. All she can do is choose me today. And all we can do is just choose each other every single day. I cannot control what happens tomorrow, but I can control the choice I make today to love her today. That's a choice. And I can do that. And I can do that really well. And that's my edge. And I think that's where we get to really be, you know, we get to, I just feel like, man, I have so much, I I believe in people so much. And I think this is why I'm so bullish on ideas like these. Like I, I, I just believe in, in people. Like I believe in, in you listening. I believe in you. I really do. Like you are, there's just so much to you that is so much bigger than mm-hmm. this self-imposed limitation of fear that, that fear of our edges, like our edges create life. Our edges sharpen the, the, the sword. They chisel the, this masterpiece that is you. And I think there's, there's a, a deep, 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 profound level of, um, a fulfillment when we can, when we can lean into our lives as these profound teachers and mirrors, it's not, 
that to me is, I think, you know, that like when I think about really like staying grounded, like it really is staying grounded in the truth of who you are, in the truth, not the fallacy, not the thing that someone else told you, not the lie, but the truth. The truth is that you are so much more than your edges. In fact, your soul wouldn't be speaking up and creating these fears and and calling in. I, I am a very spiritual believer in that our souls were put here on a mission to feel or heal something. Like they came in with some level of karmic baggage that we in our lifetime then get to express and release. So in some ways, the edges are that soul's calling to invite you to look at the things that are going to enable you to feel that. Yeah, I, I, that's my way. That's I'm. That's how I'm choosing to view and believe this. It's our souls are expanding in every direction, which is why your edge is going to be different than mine. Yeah, this is why one cookie cutter formula for success doesn't work. It, it doesn't one work. cookie cutter formula for what is a good life: graduate, get a degree, get the job, yeah. get the girl, yeah. married, have the kids. Like that's not a formula that works for everybody. That actually leads to fulfillment. This is why, because our souls are actually here to express themselves in authentic ways and your souls know what your edges are and you know what your edges are as a result of that, right? Your soul is your intuition. It's your guiding compass. It's that part of you. Yeah. And even like I think about my dad right now, like my dad just got this new job, amazing new job, but he didn't, he wasn't looking for it. It just fell into his lap and he's pursuing that. Rad. Amazing. Right. It's pretty amazing. It's like, but that's his soul. His soul called that in. His soul called that in. I did not, he was not looking for it. There's nothing my dad did. He just called it in. Same thing with almost everyone in my life. Like no one calls in the breakup. Nobody's like, God, I can't wait to break up with this person the second they start dating them. No, it's like these things just show up. Like nobody called in the pandemic. You know, like things just happen. And then our relationship with these things create our journey and our path and our, our relationship with this, with the things in our lives create all the difference in the world. Like that's all we can control is, and even where I'm at right now, it's, I'm really leaning into connecting with the feeling of the relationship. Like what is the feeling, like my relationship with wealth, like what is the feeling I want to connect with in that relationship? For me, it's safety. It's like, I don't even care about like I'm right now. I'm, this is only coming out right now because I'm in the middle of visioning and getting ready for my new year. Like, what do I want? What do I want to create? Like, what's stuff for me? And like with wealth, it's like, how much do I want? What is it? And if I go at that, if I go at my number from that way, it actually, the number is never going to be enough. But what is the feeling I want to feel in my relationship? And it's just pure safety. I just want to feel like no matter what, I can just say yes. And know that that's such a powerful shift. And and that feeling of like I can just fall back and know that like even if I'm not working, money's just coming in. Even if I'm not working, just like that feeling. Okay, now that feeling can dictate a set of actions. But that feeling in that relationship, that's what I'm actually calling in. I'm not calling in any amount of money. I actually don't care about the amount. Right. Same thing with intimacy. Like what I'm craving is connection and depth and just like this feeling of like, like I see this person's soul and I'm seeing, and I'm feeling them seeing me. Like I want to feel seen and heard and loved. I want to feel that. Okay, great. How that happens. 
thank you universe, surprise me. With impact and career, I want to feel like my work matters. I want to feel like I, I, I want to feel like I, I did my all. That feeling of like that, that, that I, that I poured myself into something bigger than me. I want to feel that. And what is that feeling? That feeling could be gratitude, right? It's this gratitude of like, uh, maybe this feeling of like fulfillment from helping someone else. Like that's a feeling that I want more of in my life. And then in health, hell, I want to feel like my body loves me. Like I want to feel like I can touch my toes. Like I want to feel coming back to the stretching. Like I want to, I want to feel nimble and supple and light and energized and, and inspired. And like, I want to feel that. That's how I want to feel in my body. I want to like feel, I want to be able to just feel. So I don't know. That's where I'm at with, and I think maybe that's a great, you know, just reminder for everybody, like as you're getting ready for your new year, maybe try this instead of thinking about what you want. Think about how you want to feel in relationship to all the areas of your life. Start there and let that guide your process for goal setting, visioning, whatever you know modality you use for helping yourself feel prepared and ready for the new year. I really like that shift because sometimes we set goals because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way or it's going to give us something. And then we get there and we're like, hmm, this isn't what I expected. This isn't how I imagined it would be when, when I've hit this point. But as you say, if you understand the feeling behind that and then you go and desire the feeling, things evolve differently. That's such, I, this is a great way to be thinking about the new year. <sighs> Another month. So, if you had to find a thread, which I think it's quite clear with this one, this time is very clear. The edge is the, the edge is a thread, but I'm doing just Don't a assume bit Georgina. Sorry, I, I made an assumption there. Like if, if there was a thread that was to flow through this episode in this month, what would the word be? I think self-love is at the intersection of I am enough and I can be better. Mm. And your edge is right in the middle. So Ooh, your edge is self-love. Mm-hmm. In fact, that is the definition of it. To me, it's like, it's, it's you decide is slowing down or speeding up. If you loved yourself, what would you do? In the words of Kamal Ravikant, if you loved yourself, what would you do? Would you sit still or would you take action? Would you ask the girl out or would you stay away from a toxic partner? It's all edges and it's all based in self-love. This is why it's like, this is why I think this is so important because edges sound very like edgy like oh it's meant for people that are interested in growth no like it's just self-love it's just self-love that that was cool i was not expecting that but that's so cool though as as you said if you you can cultivate self-love you can be right at the edge because you know when you're going to overstep you know when you need to step back that you can trust yourself to navigate that that line that almost that tightrope perfectly so you never fall because you have that faith in in who you are and the love for, for who you be best comment of the podcast <laughs> I told you that, 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 one. <laughs> that was awesome so yeah i've made a bad assumption there because it was not the word i was expecting there's an even better one so thanks for sharing that and mm. i've got to ask the final question it's my 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 privilege as the question asker today like raj 
in November 2021. How did you stay grounded? One, before I answer that question, I want to thank you, Georgina. Yeah, it's been really beautiful for me to witness your journey too. You know, I know this year you did, you know, I think 365 lives every single day. Like you did a live every day. And, yep. and I remember when I first met you, how afraid you were of being on camera. Like, I mean, that's actually, you know, what grounds me are stories of other people living at their edge. Like I, I get so inspired and grounded. You know, I know we all have our own edges, but it just inspires me to feel other people living at theirs. And it reminds me that we all have our path and that we're all on our journeys and that we're all dealing with some level of an edge, hardship, something that we're struggling with. And I think that's really helped me stay grounded in a, in a greater level of love for myself, for everybody. It's helped me stay patient. It's helped me really cultivate, I think, just more trust and, and trusting the process. And I, I think, you know, it's funny, like the last few days have been really Gina and I have been doing a lot of like rituals and really leaning deeper into relationship. And, you know, we always had intentions and one of the, the intentions that's kept coming up for me is just trust, just trust, trust that things are exactly where they need to be. Trust that you have what it takes. Trust that if you make a mistake, you can dance, you can bounce back, just trust. And I think to me that, what helps me trust and stay grounded in that is, is just really appreciating people and circumstances and the universe and all of it as it is. And really just allowing the perfection of what is to guide my, my sense of, of, of um, belonging and my, and my sense of uh, gratitude and connection to myself and everything else that's happening. So that is how I stay grounded. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you guys found it useful. I did. (laughs) Great. (laughs) But, um, you know, this is your new friend. This is your friend, Georgina. And I'm your host, Raj. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat with you guys really, really, really soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.